my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with a 2010 graduate of our program and currently the Principal Coordinator of Presidential Events and University Protocol in the President's Office at Cal Poly, Dana Madison Sewell. How are you, Dana? I'm great. And you? I'm so great. You know, I um, I don't normally get nervous for these, um, Dana, but um, I don't know if you noticed or not. I'm actually a little nervous for this because um, we can share we can share with our listeners that Dana was in my very first class um, in um, in 2000 and I guess it was 2006, right? The fall of 2006, right? Yeah. Um, and a uh, rec one, uh, one Oh one. And I have to admit Dana intimidated the heck out of me because <laughs> she was such a good, smart student. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I mean, I was just getting started. You know, I didn't know Cal Poly obviously. And, um, the, the high quality of student that we have at Cal Poly was a little bit intimidating, right? Um, just getting started, um, with, uh, you know, in your, in your academic career and, um, and Dana challenged me at every step along the way. And I don't mean like in a negative way, like she was challenging me on like grades or anything like that. It was just that, like, I could tell from the, from the jump, um, how much academics meant to Dana and, and, and how well, you know, she wanted to do and, and she just challenged me to be better. And so I've never told you that Dana. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Thank but, you. Yeah. I feel the same about you. I mean, it definitely was one of my first classes coming into Cal Poly and, yeah. and to have a teacher who professor who cared so much about the program and, and yeah. also like, you know, getting us to write these papers that were actually very like in depth and, yeah. you know, <laughs> made us think a lot about the subject matter. Right. I really appreciate it. And going throughout the rest of my um, academic career, it was interesting, you know, comparing that experience as I moved along. But right. I was really, really appreciated the the amount of detail and depth that you went into in, in all those classes and and well, pushing us to work harder and and uh, and right. doing some really great uh, homework. <laughs> right, right. Well, I appreciate that, but I have to admit that I like. I shudder at like thinking about what I was even even assigning back then, like as uh, as young and and um, and inexperienced as I was, like I can't even I can't even remember what I, what I was like back then. But uh, you know, I've learned so much over the years, and and it's because of students like you who um, who, like I said, um, challenge us every day at Cal Poly, and and obviously you know now, like from being um, from being such a longtime employee at Cal Poly. Uh, uh, you know what type of students that 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 we have, and it's it's just so great to have seen your your career progress. And um, and, and wow, you know, every time I attend a presidential event, I'm just like I'm so proud because I'm like I know who's running this, and I know why this is so sharp, and everything is like dialed in and and all of that. So we'll we'll get to that and we'll get to your career and what other things you're doing because I know you also have your own event planning business, which I just like I can't even like begin to fathom how you possibly have the time to do that as your side hustle. But uh, mm-hmm. uh but we'll talk about that. Let's let's talk first about where you're from. Like where where did you grow up, Dana? Yeah. So uh, I was born in California. I won't ever forget that. Uh, but I grew up in Eagle, Idaho, a small town outside of Boise. 
Um, but yeah, it lived there for 13 years and then came back, um, to pass the Robles high school to get my, uh, to get in-state tuition so I could be a California girl again. There you go. I love it. I love it. I forgot. I, I remember now that you say that, that, uh, that you were a Paso Robles high grad. So that is cool. What did your parents do growing up? Uh, so my dad worked for the city of Idaho. Uh, he was a facilities director. Um, and then my mom, she worked for Hewlett Packard for about 17 years, uh, oh, no project way. manager and a bunch of different roles. But, oh, right on. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, an early woman in tech there, I guess, right? That's Definitely. cool. That's very cool, right? <laughs> it's helped oh. me out a lot along along the years for being in tech all of those years and my brother as well. So I, I bet. And wasn't Hewlett Packard, um, didn't they name like one of the first female CEOs in, in tech, if I remember correctly? I think that might have been. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know yeah. that bit of history, but I definitely wouldn't be okay. surprised. I think that might, I think that might have been the case. Um, that's cool. So tell me, tell us what uh tell us what young Dana was like growing up. What what was your jam? What were you into? Oh gosh, I was very into volleyball. I played volleyball sports all the time. Um, and definitely thought that uh when I was little that everyone thought I was going to be a a you know a sports player or like basketball or volleyball player, because uh-huh. of course I was very tall. Uh-huh. And then as the years went by, I got shorter and shorter and shorter <laughs> or actually just stayed the same and everyone else right. grew up. Everyone so, caught off. Huh? Yeah. I'm like five, yeah. seven, isn't the, really the right height for yeah. um, any uh, professional sports player. But at the time I was really into it and all the way through high school and yeah. even into college um, a bit, yeah. but not, not on the actual team, a little too right. short for that, for being outside you. hitter. I got you. You were playing intramural volleyball once you got here and stuff, Definitely. dominating, tattooing Wilson on people's foreheads, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we all did all of that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I've asked people this question recently or, or, or some people this question. Um, do, do you remember like a, a Halloween costume um, of like, like what's your ideal job that, you know, everyone kind of has these fantasies as a kid about what their, what their ideal job would be, whether it's like a firefighter or a teacher totally. or do you, do you remember <laughs> any of those costumes? Well, I didn't actually wear a costume, but I, my ideal job sadly was an event planner since I was seven years old. That's not um, sad at all. That's awesome. I love my, it. It's, it was great. My, uh, I remember this one time my mom brought me to, um, when she was working for HP, a conference called HPSU, which is, uh, was at the Grove in Boise. And, um, she put me on a roll of putting out all the pens and pad of paper, precisely in line. And I just thought it was the greatest thing to see this room of hundreds and hundreds of, you know, place settings at all very organized and, and knowing that just you like did it. badges and everything. I was like, this is so great. I want to do this one day. I love oh, that. that. You so know, cool. The organization of it. And ever since then, they were like, you're going to be an event planner and yep. here I am. <laughs> what <laughs> a great memory. Things. That is such a great memory. And, you know, I, um, there, I have talked to a number of, um, of people um, in events who have said that, like from a young age, I was planning, I was planning birthday parties and parents, parents dinner parties and stuff like that. And that, that's Absolutely. really awesome, right? Um, it runs uh, deep, apparently. Say what? 
it runs deep in your blood apparently it runs deep yeah exactly (laughs) well that is so cool well well let's talk about um that that process that of of um finding cal poly now of course um in being a paso robles high graduate you didn't have too far to go to find cal poly but um are there any connect family connections or anything like that yeah so most all of my family went to cal poly my um aunts and uncles my parents everybody is Cal Poly grads and years and years and years, of course, we'd come back to the central coast and um, they would relive it and tell me where they, you know, snuck a keg into the dorms and, you know, all their, their fun (laughs) stories. And I just, as a kid, roll my eyes and Uh they were like, well, you could never get into Cal Poly. Even though I had straight A's, it still wasn't good enough um, to get into Cal Poly. And um, so they, they made fun of me for a while for so many years. So I was like, I'm going to apply to Cal Poly just because, you know, I have to, yeah, yeah, to show you that I could get in if I wanted to. And uh, so I applied to Cal Poly and UCSB were the only schools I wanted I did want to be on the coast, um, yeah. and uh, I remember distinctly that the when I had to pick a major at Cal Poly, uh-huh. um, I saw the at the time Parks and Recreation, but Experience Industry man- Management major, yeah. and I started crying because I knew I had to go to Cal Poly from then on. Oh, so, that's yeah. awesome! <laughs> and you you got in, and the rest is history. And uh, it is. And I'm sure you got in with flying colors. I don't know what they were talking about there with that. With a, yeah. So uh, that's all. Awesome. It's so competitive. It's I know. Crazy. I know. Well, no. And, and, um, and, and, and it's usually, it's usually the um, kind of the opposite. Like um, when people are talking about it, cause I like say like, Oh no, there's no way I would have gotten, I could have gotten into Cal Poly, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you look and the standards keep going up and up and up and, that's and, cool. uh, but, uh, but that's cool that you, that you, uh, had a family connection and that you knew right away that you wanted to be in, in this major when you saw it. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so Dana, I know how involved you were at um, here in the major and whatnot, but but I I think it's great to for especially your current students to hear about some of the experiences that that really shaped who who you are and and who you you came to be as a professional. So are there any of those like enduring memories, whether they're, you know, social ones or professional ones or, or whatever? Yeah, I, there are so many, there are so many. And I think it, it does, you know, they all kind of tie into professional, but it's, it's what I remember of Cal Poly because I did, you know, was very involved in the auction and in the clubs. Um, and it really helped round out my, um, my experience networking. And it also just gave me more opportunities, but I worked at ASI events for four years. I think you knew that. Um, and Doing that, definitely the progression in that job, starting off as an event coordinator for ASI events, getting to plan um, events, concerts, speakers, um, Halloween, uh, haunted houses, all sorts of whatever my mind could come up with uh, for our student body was so much fun and, you know, really, um, you know, taught me so many things that I would never have an opportunity um, until I got into the professional career to do. And ASI gives students a wonderful opportunity, like earlier on to have some of those, you know, office job experiences. So, um, it was quite a blast and I'm still very tied and indebted to that experience and, um, the people that I met there. And it's probably a big reason why I came back to, um, 
to work at Cal Poly. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's, um, it's really awesome that that legacy with, um, with ASI. And of course, you know, Marcy Maloney being, um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to her podcast. If you haven't, you should go back and listen because I I had heard her over the years, um, say that she was in the very first class, um, uh, in our major. And I was like, like, yeah, have you heard her say that before? Yeah. I mean, I saw it because there's a, there's some bulletin boards or that used to live in, in building 11, Uh 11. Right. And I saw her name in like the year that she, um, graduated and I was like, Oh wow. Like you went to the major. And then she, she mentioned that to me after, after that, when I saw that. Yeah. So I wasn't sure whether she was serious about that though. You know, I mean, you know, you people, people say all kinds of stuff, you know, and, but, but in the podcast, we talked about it and she really was one of the first six students in the major. And so Marcy, uh, you know, was a longtime executive director, um, of ASI and now with, um, with Michelle Crawford, who is one of our graduates as the, um, I, I think is she, is she interim executive director or has she been a named officially executive director yet? I don't think she's been named yet, but she okay. was my boss and the one who originally brought me into ASI events. So. I was going to say, I thought yeah. she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I thought I had remembered that correctly. And yeah, so I'm going to have to get Michelle on to the podcast as well. But um, definitely. Um, so shout out, Michelle. We'll get you on here real <laughs> soon. But um, but that's really awesome. And ASI, like you said, it's just such a I mean, I, it, it's it's hard to fathom being able to get um, better experience because because it is, you know, I think a lot of times um, students think to themselves, oh, well, it's just working on campus. No, it's not just working on campus like but, uh, the, the student affairs um, organizations. Um, uh, like ASI have a professional development model in place mm-hmm. that's not designed just to be a job. It's designed to really, really help you in terms of becoming a professional. And um, I'm, yeah. uh, it, it's such a it's such a great, great program. And um, it is. It gives you experience that you know. I was working in financials. I was working in HR. I had to manage a budget. Things that you wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily get that opportunity in and just a job or even a piece or a component of a job in any other sector. And, and they really have that, um, that student professional development thing they uh, really honed in on. And it's, it was a great experience for me and I'm sure so many others uh, before and after me as well. Exactly. And it, and it addresses that age old issue, right? Where you, you graduate from college and, and every job says you need experience doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and a lot of students say to themselves, well, how, how am I supposed to have gotten that experience? Well, ASI can give you that, you know, Cal Poly athletics can give you that when you, when you start as a freshman and you march your way through um, uh, ASI recreational sports, ASI events, like all these different things on campus can definitely help you. And so, um, yeah, I love that. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your internship. Um, the students love, our current students in particular, love hearing about what you did and how you found it, what the experience was like. Um, so can you talk a little bit about your internship? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I did an internship up in San Francisco for uh, what was then TBA Global and wow. then became Coney Destination Management. I actually don't know if they're in existence anymore. I don't believe they are. I'm not sure um, either. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I found it um, obviously through connections in the, the department um, and had gone up there as I was doing a, um, 
had coordinated a trip for um, what was then the rec club. We uh, or was it Rofi Lambda? Can't remember. One of the clubs we had coordinated yeah. a trip um, up north to kind of meet with varying industries and partners we had. We went to mm-hmm. AT&T Park. We went to TBA Global, yeah. um, and then a few other places along the way, and and right. really got a chance to meet them there and build that relationship. And uh, applied for for the internship, and it, it it ended up being a great experience because I did get to see. Um, more of the, uh, a different side of events than I was getting with ASI events. So I got to see more of like arrivals, departures, manifest, um, working with international clients, um, working at with a variety of different venues versus one venue. Like I was um, here on campus and it was more um, tourism related, right? Definitely more tourism related and trying to be creative all the time with coming up with activities. Like you have your standard Mm -hmm. things that you do when you're in San Francisco, but how can you really, um, mold an experience or get this like little, like a a different type of entertainment value or, um, to, to the clients. And it was, it was really interesting having to do a lot of that research and taught me a lot about how to research and, and, find good vendors and, and be creative when you're having to to come up with a solution for something that a client wants. So it was, it was an interesting experience. And they, they asked me to come back after I got done with school too, to help for a while as a program coordinator. So it was a nice uh, jumping off point to, to have a a job when I did need one. So. Right, 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 right. So, so with TBA Global as your internship, and then you had, um, you had a position, uh, and I don't even know how to say that. I should have asked you in advance how to (laughs) say it. Okay, Le Cuvier. Now, where's, where's Le Cuvier? So Le Cuvier is in Paso Robles. It is in Paso Robles. I was thinking it was. Yeah, I was Mm -hmm. thinking it was. So you kind of came back home and 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 worked for the winery for for a couple of years. I guess my question is, um, what? how how was that entry back into into Cal Poly? What was that like? What was that process? Yeah, I mean, between uh, most of the jobs that I've ever gotten in my life, thankfully, I haven't gone looking for them. They came looking for me, awesome. um, yeah. which is a good place to be and maybe a bad place to be. I'm not really sure yet, but so far <laughs> it's worked in my favor. Right. Um, so with Cal Poly, um, I did actually have a conversation with Marcy Maloney as well as. Um, Rick, who used to be the former executive director, and of course, Michelle Crawford, mm-hmm. um, about potentially coming back um, on campus. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, some family friends of mine had seen the job uh, be posted for conference and event planning. And they're like, this is right up your alley. Yeah. You should go back to Cal Poly. You should. This is great, great opportunity. Right. And so it sent me the, the the posting and I talked to a few people and decided to apply for it and and brought me right back here. So. I love it. And, um, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't, it wasn't long. It, correct me if I'm wrong. It, you weren't in conference and event planning for very long before you went into the president's office, right? Isn't that? Yeah. I was there I for a year and a half. Yeah, um, and then I was doing an event for the president's office on behalf of conference and event planning, um, fall uh-huh. convocation. I was planning the reception and I got a call to uh, apply for this job and uh, yeah. then rest is history. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's what I thought. I thought it was one of those type things where they were like, okay, we need her over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's a testament to um, always always know that, that whenever you're planning um, any event, you never know who's going to be there and who you might impress. And I, I've mm-hmm. talked to lots of event planners over the years who have said, 
um, something to that effect, right? Like you never know who's going to be at your event, whether you're planning a small birthday party or a wedding for a thousand people, um, that person, you know, that 998th person that you're uh, making sure the experience is, is, is excellent for might be that person who owns like the multinational company that can then hire you to be their event coordinator or, or whatever, right? Yeah, that's how those that's how those things happen. And that is definitely advice I give people all the time is yeah. even sitting in the classroom, you never know who's sitting next to you might rise to um, a, a position that you may want to work for or with one day. So, right. you know, always always treat people well with respect and, and maintain re- right. relationships and, and always do your best because it, it will definitely um, come, come out in your favor in the long run. Yeah. And, you know, that's such great advice, Dana, you know, in having a, a very, very shy 13 year old right now, um, you know, I, I've been trying to convince her that, that all the people sitting next to her and, and close to her in middle school um, are just as nervous and are just as shy and are just as unlikely to say hello or whatever and trying to help her like break out of that. But I think that um, I think that that's just fabulous advice for college students, too. I mean, you know, obviously in our, our major, we we try to connect and we try to make sure that um, through in-class activities and group work and all those sorts of things, we try to connect you, but, uh, to connect them. But I think that advice that you just gave is such, such great, um, advice. And it's not like that you go into it with, oh, I, I got to help myself because this person might be, you know, it's not that you got to be genuine with it. Right. But yep. recognize that by building those connections that helps you, it helps you socially, it helps you emotionally, it helps you in all kinds of different um, realms. And so I think that's just fabulous advice. So let's talk about your position in the president's office. And I, I want to continue to um, to promote what you've done. I mean, you know, over the years that I, I've been lucky enough to attend a few presidential events, you know, when I was working on the book and when I, you know, various mm-hmm. things that I've done over, over the years. And I've just always been so impressed with how professional and, and dialed in everything is whenever there's a presidential event involved. And um, it's a different, it's a different level. <laughs> and I don't think that most people realize how many events you have to put on um, when you're working in the president's office. Cause it's almost like when the president goes somewhere, it's an event every almost, it's almost like it's an event every single day, right? It, it is. It yeah. definitely is. And if yeah. you count those small one-off lunches and meetings, it's hundreds of events a year and yeah. it takes a lot. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I'm so like amazed that you're like somehow like running a side business <laughs> as well. But uh, so, uh, so, but, but let's first talk about that. Like um, what you, what you do and, and um, can you, can you dive a little bit deeper into that and that element? of what it's like putting on hundreds of different um, small events in addition to the big ones that I know are, are that that are pretty pretty huge yeah absolutely so um, in my position overseeing events for our office it is not like we have one calendar of events and we can look out upon the year and know what's going to happen there are definitely bigger events in um, you know our fall convocation event which is, the kickoff for faculty and staff and the first presidential address of the year to commencement events. So there's definitely like 
pillars throughout the year. Um, But my position basically oversees those events, but then also is the day-to-day implementation of, you know, um, small lunches, you know, from the the small details I can work with my team on of of coordinating and organizing and setting up and tearing down from events, but also, you know, um, brainstorming, coming up with, um, you know, different events, decor themes for um, uh, transportation and uh, progressive events for the Armstrong. So it is formulating and and proposing to them what events um, we should be doing, hosting a lot of donors, gift um, creation and and, um, giving on behalf of the Armstrongs. Um, It's a little bit of all over the all over the place, um, but a, a, a typical day is not a typical. I mean, it. We all say that, right? Event planners yeah. were always doing a million things and trying to to be very organized as much as we can to to be prepared for the next thing that is to come. But um, right. it's just ever changing and at at the whim of the president, and which is great. He's a very social, vibrant, yeah, um, energetic. Uh, busy man, and I get yeah. the the joy of keeping up with him. Yeah, right, right. Well, it, I, you know, knowing what I know, I, I'm just amazed that that you that you're have been able to um, s- sustain in this role, and and um, because it is ever changing. But I think that's probably what's so exciting about it. If you were just, you know, with any event planner, if you're just doing. A, B, and C every single day. It gets a little boring. Um, but uh, but you know, I I would imagine that it's pretty exciting uh having to to put on um various want various um events um throughout the throughout the calendar year and ones that 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 you know might you might not expect any given week and and whatnot. Um so that that's that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit also about your business. So You've yeah. been running your own event planning business on the side, and I've just been so impressed. Like I saw the list of like all of your clients, and um, it's just like, whoa! How does she find the time to do that? So, uh, so tell us about tell us about what you've done, some of your clients that you you've worked with, and and what that experience has been like uh, being an an entrepreneur on the side. <laughs> Absolutely. So it definitely started off in college, um, building relationships with. Uh, so Beth Lane, who's also an alumni of the program, she started working for. Uh, Pebble Beach Company, um, and then later uh, Coastal Luxury Management, who puts on Pebble Beach Food and Wine and, and Los Angeles Food and Wine. And mm-hmm. right at the beginning, when I was in college, she calls me up and says, "I need somebody to be the event coordinator for all of the after parties that happen um, for Pebble Beach Food and Wine." So that's really how I dipped oh, my wow. feet into originally um, working on um, some of those outside events and and really realizing that there's a business for um, contract event planning. So just coming in, getting BEOs from an event and executing, making decisions day of. And, you know, I definitely love that, thrived on that. It's it's kind of fun to not be the one who actually does the initial planning and then just the execution of it. Uh-huh. And, you know, and it's not always you get all of the most detailed um, uh, information at all. Oftentimes you don't. And so you just have to be, you know, confident and, and resourceful. So that really started me off. And then working in the wine industry, um, subsequently at Le Cuvier, built a ton of relationships and and there really was a need for um, a consulting event planner. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of these one-off 
um, uh, events, Chardonnay Symposium. There was only one event. They didn't need an event coordinator to be um, an executive director to be implementing this event throughout the year. They needed somebody to plan, execute, wrap up, et cetera. Um, And so started doing a number of different events from um, here locally, World of Pinot Noir, Amber Carson and Emily are, are now um, the global event coordinators for that event. But for the last, gosh, it must have been the last seven years or so, I do the uh, grand tasting component of it. So implementing uh-huh. um, uh, the grand tasting execution and um, the dinners associated with, with that. that. Um, and then I have a number of different clients still in here locally, um, H of Peaks, I work with constantly. Yeah. Wine Speak is a local event that I... Um, that started from the beginning and uh-huh. um, have executed it all years that it's been going on. And uh-huh. the list goes on and on and on. And I love um, it. it's great. It's yeah. it's awesome. It gives me an opportunity to, you know, stay connected mostly with the wine industry, but just mm-hmm. um, be able to um, do some of these, these bigger events outside of Cal Poly that um, keep me excited and, and engaged. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and I'm very lucky to be working in coming into the president's office, you know, telling them this is something that is very important to me to continue to be able to do this. Oh, and great. it also helps the president's office as well, because, you know, the vendors I get to meet the, um, you know, new ideas for events that I can then bring back and, um, and share with our office and um, just keeps me connected to the industry. And it, it's been great. Right. And I, I love that you that you um, put that in there because I, I, I have said a couple of times, I don't know how you possibly can find time to do that. But that, that's great that you you arrange that in advance and you said, look, hey, I've got this business that I'm working on and I want to make sure that I keep that keep that going. And so that's one way that that you're able to sustain that. Um, for, uh, for our listeners, is there, do you have a website or, or are you just doing that as consulting type thing on your own on the side, or is it like an official business or, or what? I mean, it's official business. I you know pay taxes on my business and, yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah. and have a business license, um, yeah. and, you know, insurance on my business, but, um, I do not, um, have a website because I am swamped and I I know (laughs) that like I have more than enough business than I can possibly handle. Um, And so every time I think about activating the website in which I created, I change my mind quite quickly. Um, So right now for the last 10 years or 12 years or however long I've been doing it, it's been word of mouth and it's been treating me quite well. So I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. Well, um, continued success along those lines. That's just, that's just great. So, you know, obviously over the last uh, couple of years, we've all, you know, been, um, you know, struggling through, through a global pandemic and, and you and in being, um, in the president's office and, and, um, Obviously, with um, President Armstrong being, you know, the the face of, of Cal Poly and having to make these big decisions that that uh, affect us all, I know that it's um, I know it's it's probably been been rough, and and you you've had to you know do the the same types of pivots that that um, all event planners have had to do in, in terms of. Um, of hybrid events and 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 virtual experiences and that sort of thing, I wonder if you can reflect on uh, on what you see 
uh, or what you have seen and and what you what you how you think will adjust moving forward um in in the event space and academia you know there's there's lots of obviously lots of um of uncertainty even still you know as as far as as far as we've come we we still have some uncertainty moving forward and not really being sure where uh, where this is all going to go and so um i wonder if you can just talk about what your experience has been like over the last couple of years and what you've learned through the process absolutely yeah it's a it's been a crazy ride for all of us but i think you know in have to look at the silver lining in a lot of things. And in the events world, it's provided us quite an opportunity. Um, may it be a hard one or an easy one. And, and event planners have to be even more scrappy and work harder than they ever have before. But, um, you know, with the, the change to hybrid or virtual, you know, just like everyone else, when we transitioned into the pandemic, you know, we didn't stop. We just kept going. We changed things virtually. What made sense virtually, we, we did. Uh, it was a lot of mailing, a lot of gift giving, uh, but trying to connect in other ways and reinvent how we connected. And, you know, sometimes it's good to stir things up. We get very um, used to the way things were, the way, mm-hmm. th- the way things have been. And uh, it, me in particular, it gave me such an opportunity to be like, why are we doing this? Let's really yeah, you know, talk that, about yeah. our goals and, and what makes sense. And as we transition, especially in the president's office, um, you know, of course, President Armstrong wants almost everything that we can do in person safely right. to do in person. And um, which, you know, he's a, a connecting kind of guy and you can connect differently in person than you can um, connect virtually. So sure. um but I see, you know, the transition like we all do. There a little bit of both. So I think hybrid's going to be, as we've all said, like the way that we're going to move, um, and will be that way forever uh, in in the academia world as well as outside of that. Is mm-hmm. for us, you know, a lot of these events that we were doing, a lot of these large meetings of a hundred people that we were doing, don't make sense where people are, how people are working. Mm-hmm. You know, half the people on campus don't have offices anymore. They're, you know, completely telework and depending on what industry they're in and making sure that you can continue to connect and keep them involved. So um, it's been, you know, an interesting ride, but I definitely think that, you know, just keeping, making sure that technology is part, a big part of everything you're you're doing moving forward. I know there are a lot of people who are still very like, you know, I don't feel comfortable with, with technology. I don't feel comfortable with the virtual arena, but it is not going away once right. we get past COVID. Right, because we, we've all learned that skill. We all have that skill, and 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 you're right. I think that um, I think you hit on a really important element. Um, you know that that why, like, uh, well, well, why do we have to meet in person here if this is like a, you know, if it if it's a six person event or or, or meeting or if it's a like you said a hundred people and they're all coming from all different um places um could it could it be would it be better as a hybrid and um yeah i think that for for a, a long time obviously we just said meetings are in person they just are right i mean that's what we that's what we did and whether people could show up or not it's that's what happened right mm-hmm. and now it it kind of, it's like you said it has opened up this each and every meeting us uh, saying okay well how should what's the best way Mm-hmm. What what's the, what's what's the most optimal 
Um, what's the most optimal way to, to, to manage this? And like you said, sometimes that's hybrid. Sometimes that's other people dialing in and it makes it more accessible now. Um, you know, it used to be if you couldn't show up for an in-person meeting, you just didn't get the experience. But now we have the technology where you can, um, you know, you can you can beam them in or you can uh, connect them in that way, you know, and so. Yeah, it doesn't come without its challenges. As no, we it doesn't. Yeah, accessibility uh, virtually too is quite difficult in, it in is. arenas. But yeah, um, it is. It, it's it's nice to have that option. It it and I I hope that it shines a light on all the work that people in events are doing and yeah. all the pieces it takes because you're now seeing you know behind the scenes. Whereas a lot of our speakers before they walk in to an event, they don't see all of the backend technology. They don't see, you know, we don't have those pre-meetings the same way because we can, how we communicate with our speakers changes. And when you're in the virtual arena, there's so many different things to think about and, and they really are seeing the backend. And so how do you, um, maybe there's more of an appreciation for all the things that event planners and people in, in tech do. Right. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And, and, you know, I, I think too, that the, the pandemic is, um, is going to change things in terms of like, I, I'm, I'm sure that there are people working on perfecting, um, uh, the, the tech, you know, the, the technological end of it, you know, where you can have a, um, or you can have a presidential meeting in person and then also have a seamless, virtual experience somehow where right now it's kind of wonky, right? I mean, it's like, you have to have a screen and, and then, you know, like I've been to a couple where, you know, the people are projected onto the screen and the zoom, and then the people are there, but it's still kind of wonky. Right. And so uh, perfecting, but, 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 you know, we think about 10, 20 years from now, I'm sure there's going to be a way to perfect that in a, in a different, in a different way. Um, and so, uh, it's, you know, it's just exciting and it's, it's moving, moving everything forward. And, um, yeah. and yeah, um, I think it's, uh, it's interesting to think about. So let's, uh, let's end with, um, you know, you, like I said, like I started with you, you're one of those, you, you're, you're probably the first model student that I had, right? That, that model um, student who comes in, who knows what they want, who um, excels academically, excels in a professional development space. And so I I would love for you to, to give some advice to aspiring event planners out there. You know, um, we are, um, you know, in addition to our, our rebranding with experience industry management, you know, our next step is is creating the degrees, right? So the degree is still recreation, parks, and tourism. Um, but we have plans for an event planning degree and a um, recreation, tourism, and sport management degree. And so um, I wonder if you have any advice for those uh, event planners out there who are aspiring to, to become the next Dana Madison Sewell. Well, everyone has their own path, but yes, definitely. I mean, have, you know, so much. um, One of the things that I always tell students is, you know, take advantage of every opportunity that you have. Mm -hmm. Like you can learn something from every experience. So don't just, you know, singularly, if you don't have a job in events, think that nothing in your job at, 
you know, the Froyo shop is going to be applicable to your future career. Take bits of knowledge and um, from every experience and every leader and mentor you have, um, you know, really spend the time to understand what kind of leader you want to be and what kind of leader you don't want to be by, by diversifying your amount of experiences. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, you've got this wonderful opportunity as a student that you don't have later on in your career to ask as many questions as you want, to uh, approach people for informational interviews, to take advantage of hopping around in, in the jobs arena and not sticking with someplace for 10 years. Like you've You've got the internship opportunity that, you know, all of us who are now in our careers for a long time, we would love to go have an internship now because there's always more to learn. And just having that um, humility, but ability to know that you are never done learning and you're never done like um, excelling in in your career. You can, you, I'm going to be 75 years old, I hope one day, and still be learning from each other. Those that are older than me, those that are younger than me, those that have completely different career industry and aspirations than me. Um, And just take advantage of of all of that knowledge around you. And and also like, don't be, you know, uh, be confident in in what you know, and Mm -hmm. be willing to teach other people. And there's enough room in this world for all of us to be successful. And, you know, the more you help somebody out, somebody from who's sitting next to you in the class asks you for something a couple of years down the road, that calls you up about an auction lot or calls you up for advice about something like, or you have a job opportunity that you can provide to them, um, help each other out. That's how we, we get better. That's how, you know, you know, we, we need to all be willing to help each other out. And I, I would say, don't be, don't be selfish with your time or your resources. I love it. Such, such great advice. Thank you so much, Dana. I, I could not agree more. I, um, you know, one of the saddest moments that I've ever had as an academic was I, I heard a student once as a, as a, a fourth year say to me, I don't, I just don't, re- I really don't feel like I've learned a lot over the last four years. And I'm like, that's so sad because it doesn't matter like what you were doing, like any four year period, like any four year period, even if you're not in school, like any four year period in your life, we're all lifelong learners. And if you're not taking advantage of the experiences that you've had to learn, that's on you. I mean, I didn't say that to the person yeah. at the time because I didn't want to like make them feel bad. You know, it's so I, I kind of internalized it and kind of said, well, you know, I'm really sorry. You know, I, I tried to, you know, tried to deflect it or whatever, but, but really that's such great advice that you said. I mean, um, you know, I've had students um, say, well, well, I'm just working at Dick Sporting Goods. I can't really find a, anything in sport management. And I'm like, well, um, have you told your manager that you're in sport management and did you like to help with marketing? I mean, Dick's sporting goods is, you know, <laughs> in sport realm, right. You know? So Absolutely. it's like that, that whole thing of, of like taking the initiative and, and understanding, you know, that, that no matter what we're doing, we can learn from it, we can grow from it. And, um, 
you know, I, I think that's just uh, fabulous, fabulous advice. And I uh, just want to thank you so much for your time today and um, really appreciate it. So valuable. And um, I'm glad I finally came clean about being intimidated by you all these years, you know. Uh, so, uh, so if I've ever like, if I've ever put my foot in my mouth in front of you uh, over as since you've been an alumni, it was probably because I was nervous. Um, well, you shouldn't be, but I'm glad you told me, but thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to see you on campus. It's always a, a great running into you and, yeah. and, um, you know, anything I can do to, um, connect and, and, and help out our current students and future students. I'm, I'm here and happy to do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I owe you a coffee. I'll, I'll uh, get you a coffee at Scout sometime. How's that? Sounds great. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dana. Thank you. Bye.